Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, you see the title there, Fear Sabotages God's Success for You. And we need to extinguish Satan's fiery arrows that he really shoots at us. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to lay the foundation. This is a new series that's starting this week, and we'll go three weeks on this one probably, maybe four. But we'll have these cards that we give out, and what we're asking you to do is give a card to someone. And you say, well, I gave them a card last time. That's okay. It's a different series. And a a series, sometimes one series will not prick somebody's mind and say, hey, I want to hear that. But some will. You'll be surprised uh, what God would do with you you just reaching out. That's the key thing, reach out. Now, let's talk a little bit about our foundation. You can start, if you have your Bibles, you can start turning to Revelations 14, verse 6, but first of all, let's talk about definitions. We're going to talk about about six points. One is the definitions. When we talk about fear, we're talking about really dread. We're talking about, as Webster say, a painful emotion of dread. Now, biblically, dictionary-wise, the biblical dictionary will say that fear is really to be frightened, to be terrified, to be afraid, basically. Now, I'm talking about a fear that's really affecting a lot of people in America, a lot of people, and including myself. You say, well, what are you afraid of? Well, I don't want to tell you today. This is just a foundation. (laughs) This is just a foundation. You had to come back next week and hear hear that. but everyone sometimes, have a, the, everyone has an opportunity to fear. You might not accept that opportunity, but you have an opportunity. And what we want to do is turn down those opportunities to fear because it will sabotage God's success for you. It'll, it'll happen. Now, let's go over Revelations. Let's look there in uh, 14, verse 6. It says, and I saw another angel flying in mid-heaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth and to every nation, tribe, and tongue, and people. And he said with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory. Because the hour of his, of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and the springs of water. Now, when you say, oh, fear God, that, that's, that's dread or terror? No. It's the same Greek word, phobio, as the other fear. But when it's talking about the Lord, it doesn't mean to be terrified. It just means to reverence. It means to honor, to adore, to worship. That's what it means when it's talking about the Lord. The same phobia. Now, you look up phobia in the, in the dictionary, and, and it'll, it'll tell you that it means to be terrified, because this, our English word is phobia. But phobio, uh, the Greek word, depends upon who you're talking about. So when you're talking about the Lord, 
That's what you're talking about, reverence. And I'm not going to talk about that today. We're not talking about the reverence and the adoration of the Lord. We are talking about being terrified. And we know we're not terrified of our Father uh, in heaven. He's a good God. But as far as other things, that's what we're going to be addressing, our fear of man, fear of things, fear of all those type of things. We're going to go over all those things. First, I want to give a little statistics because sometimes we think that it's not uh, normal. I have some statistics. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it said 60% of the things, it's okay, sweetheart, I left it in my office, but it's okay. Uh, 60% of the things we fear never come to pass. Never come to pass. And they start going over the things that people fear. The number one thing on one of the lists, is got two different lists, is fear of snakes. This is a, this is a majority of the people, they have, that's the number one fear. Now, I know we brought a snake in here, and he curled up and ran up, and he had one of those rectangular heads. You'll say, oh, look at the little pet. You know, you'll probably do that. But I know that not me. Not me. I see a little garden snake. I mean, some, I'm going to get a shovel, and I'm, I'm going I'm to get his head. I'm going to just chop him. I'm, that's where I am. Any snake, I don't care what it is. They said, oh, they, black snakes are good because they get mice. No, this snake not getting nothing, you know. <laughs> no, uh-uh. No way. And, and my daughter, <laughs> my daughter Brandy, uh, she is, is gifted with, I guess, sympathy towards animals and things like that. And, and about 15 years ago, 16 years ago, we were over at a rented house, and it was a snake on the side porch. And she said, hey, Dad, Dad, there's a snake out here. And so uh, I looked at the snake. I said, okay, let me go get my, my shovel. And she said, oh, don't kill it. Don't kill it? What do you think I'm going to do with this snake? Yeah? Just, just uh, put, put him on the shovel and, t- and throw him in the woods. No, he might come back, you know. No. And it might be more of them in him. No. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Uh, but, of course, I had to do it because she was my daughter. Um, <laughs> but they, that's what they said. Now, on another list, number one, I said, ooh, I can relate to that. Also, number one, public speaking. Now, I know you're not like that because you can stand up in front, in front of a crowd. It doesn't bother you whatsoever. But a lot of people... They say, it's public speaking. I say, oh, that's, that's interesting. But so it affects a lot of people, okay? It really does. Now, let's go to the origin. How did fear originate? How did it originate? Let's look in Genesis, because anytime you want to go to the origin of anything, you go to Genesis, which means origin. It's the beginning. We're going to go to chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And it says, The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden. And there he placed the man whom he had formed. 
Out of the ground, the Lord God calls to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's go to verse 16 and 17. The Lord God commanded the man saying, from any tree in the garden you may eat freely. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day that you eat from it, you shall surely die. Okay, now that's the, that's the, just the beginning a little bit here. We're introducing the beginning of fear. Let's go to chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees in the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely shall not die, for God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight, a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves lawn coverings. Verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God. Among the trees in the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the, the sound of you in the garden, and I was a Ooh. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Now, that's the first time you see the word afraid. The origin of fear. When did it come? Before the fall or after? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman who you gave me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the servant deceived me, and I ate. So, of course, they were passing blame. But a key thing is that they were afraid. And they were afraid because of sin entered, and guilt entered. And so sin and guilt will produce fear. And fear has been in the world ever since. And fear is not 
from God. This fear is not from God. Reverence is from God, you know, but not fear, terror. God doesn't want, doesn't want us terrified of anything and dreading things because he is a good God. He has total control over everything, but Satan wants to sabotage your freedom. And it's all through the scripture, which we'll be going over later uh, in, in the series. Now, that's the definition. That's the origin. Now, let's go to number three. Number three point, so said we have about six. Number three is that, well, if fear in it, in it that means every person who is born from Adam, which is everybody who's born in the world, that means that they have his nature. That means that they have fear capabilities inside of them, and we tend to fear something. Oh, some people, you know, you would think have no fear, and so they'll, they'll walk out in front of a, uh, on a freeway blindfolded, you know, uh, but it's not too many of those in the world, you know, because the rest of them died, you know, but, you know, so, so most of us have some fear, <laughs> have some fear. So now... How can we move from the place where we, we were on the fall to a place where God wants us to be? That's what we want to do. Let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 21. Let's go there. And let's look at what God would have for us. In verse 21, it says, For since by a man came death. Who was that man they were talking about? Adam. Death came by Adam because God has said that when you eat from the fruit of this tree, you shall surely die. So death entered the world with that sin. And it's Adam's fault. And therefore, Everybody's born is under death. By a man also came the resurrection of the dead. What man are we talking about? Jesus Christ. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. All will be made alive. Now, we know from looking at scripture from Genesis Revelation that this is not talking about everyone is going to heaven. We know that. That's not true from other scriptures. But who has the power to resurrect everybody for that, day, for that judgment day? So that's what we, we're talking about. Let's look at verse 45. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-given spirit. Let's talk about this transfer from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Let's talk about a little bit about that because you need to know that because Satan would try to deceive you to tell you, hey, you have to be afraid. It's just normal to be afraid of something. 
You're not human if you're not, you know, afraid of something. Well, let's look at that. Now we want to go to, for one time, let's go to let's go to John chapter eleven, verse twenty-one. That's the Gospel of John, chapter eleven, verse twenty-one. We just laying a foundation now for this message, the series that's on fear. We're going to start in verse 21. It says, Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. Now we're talking about Lazarus, Lazarus, of course. Lazarus had died and was in the tomb and was starting to stink. So they said, verse 22, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will do. So in other words, why, why didn't you come? I guess I don't understand this. Because I know that God will answer you and you should have come. Then he says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now, of course, she had her theology pretty good. And she said that, I know, verse 24, that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. I know that. I know that. But you should have been here because we're not talking about the last day. I'm talking about now. He shouldn't have died if you would have come. Verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never, even if he dies, he's going to live and everyone who lives and believes in me, he will never die. Do you believe this? Now, this is saying something awesome. I mean, just awesome. Because you figure, now, that's a nice statement, and we have memorized that. That's a good, good statement. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. What was he saying? What really was he saying? What would that mean, that statement mean to Martha and her brother is dead? And she knows that he's going to be resurrected on the, on the last day. Why make a statement like that? I am the resurrection and, and the life. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's dead. <laughs> I know he's going to rise again. So why make that statement, Lord? That was a profound statement. Because if we go back to just thinking, putting ourselves in that position, just listening to this conversation. We're just sitting around listening to, to Jesus talk to Martha. Jesus was making a statement saying, you don't understand what I'm saying. I am saying. Got some? Came back later on? Got some more? Came back the last hour? And someone's still standing. Why, why are you standing here? Nobody's hired us. Come on. Let's say it's 5 o'clock. Others have been working since the morning. And here we stroll in or somebody stroll in, you know, with one hour to go. Hey, what y'all doing, man? And they, they, they're press prying, you know, all. What you mean what we doing? We working, you know? And so he said, well, I'll start working too. By the time you get in the hang of the things you're working, it's time, time to go. <laughs> then he said well you know you who just came in to, 
You can't get, you can't get the same thing that they get. You know, you, you just got here. Did he say that? Everybody got the what? Same thing. Because he's good. He's good. So therefore, he is the resurrection. He is the life. Martha, if resurrection is standing here talking to you, Lazarus, even though he's dead, he can live. All right? You remember another time he, he did that was the lady who was weeping and everything. They had this funeral procession and everything, uh, and, and the, the casket was on the wagon and everything. Only son. She's left with nobody, nothing. And what he does is go and put his hands on it, and the man wakes up, and that's it. I mean, we, we, all the way through Scripture, even in the Old Testament, we see the prophet coming. Oh, he's dead. He's he dead today. Well, don't, don't worry about no dead. You know, the, the boy. Is that right? The boy of, of, of the lady uh, who he gave her a child when she couldn't bear children. He gave her one anyway. The prophet pronounced that. And then the boy died. She goes to him and says, you come. He goes in, raises her. I am the resurrection, Jesus says. I am the resurrection. So we have to know that when we move from the kingdom of darkness and move to the kingdom of his dear son, light, that means that there's nothing, nothing we need to be afraid of. He's a resurrection. He's a life. He can do anything he wants to do. At, at the Garden of Gethsemane, come on now. He, here he is, and they come to get him. Who are you looking for? What, what happened to them? Just those words. Who are you looking for? Who do you see? What happened? They fell backwards. You know, just the words. Everybody on the ground. Everybody on the ground. Oh. One of the servants has a sword, takes it out, cut the man's ear off. And, of course, Jesus is not a man that violence like that. And he said, well, you know, if you're going to live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Hey, let's don't do that. Don't you think I can call for my father and have a how many? Legion of angels. What is he afraid of? Huh? So he takes the man's ear put it back on. I am the resurrection and the life. That's what he said. <laughs> it is so good to know that Jesus Christ is the man. <laughs> I don't care how much karate you know. I don't care how many black belts you have. He is the man. You can have a 45 that's in your, you know, on your holster. And then be, be the fastest man alive, be able to pull it. Jesus is the resurrection and he's the life. Nobody can touch you unless he gives permission. I said, oh, Jesus, that's awesome. That is awesome. Woohoo! I like that. We, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. Let's go to first, uh, chapter 6, verse 17. Let's go there. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm so glad that I moved from darkness 
to light. I'm so glad that I don't now have the nature of Adam. So, oh, I'm so glad. Now, we're going to look at that one verse, verse 17. It says, But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now, we know what he's talking about beforehand and afterwards, but I just want to take that verse because this verse tells us that just like husband and wife, one. Right? Scripture says one flesh and one. If you're born again, you're one spirit with the Lord. I said, oh, my goodness gracious, we're stuck like glue, man. What, who can touch me? Who can touch you? Who can pluck you out of his hand? The enemy wants us to fear. Ha. They don't, he, the enemy must not know who we are in. But, of course, now you know the enemy knows. He knew what God said to Adam and knew what Adam said to his wife, Eve. He knew the scenario, but what he tries to do is to get us to sabotage God's success for us. That's what he tries to do. They were going to have success. Oh, they were, they, they, they were programmed for success. But the enemy tries to deceive us into sabotaging our success that God has for us. And I said, oh boy, that's, oh, that's good. That's good. Now let's go over to 1 John. Let's end this point with the 1 John 4, 16. That's just the epistle of John. Now here we have Another saying, we're starting here at 16, so we have come to know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God in him. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear. Finish it for me. No fear in love. None. No fear in love. See, perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment or punishment, as mine say. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Now, here he's talking about judgment. See, I was, I was afraid one time of dying. Because... If you die and not in the Lord, you're toast. Burnt toast. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever done that before? Put something in the oven, forgot it was in there. Well, you, at least the men, we do that stuff, you know. And women, they don't ever do anything like that, you know. <laughs> or put something on the, on, the, on the eye and go out there and forget get it up there and burn it. I do it. What's that? What's that I smell? Oh, man, you know. <laughs> I forgot my grits that was on the other thing. I'm burnt. See? We don't want to be burnt souls, do we? Well, what we want to do is be perfected in love. 
Now, he's saying here that when you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and you know that he loves you because what greater love than anybody have than to die for a sinner, which we all were. So God gave his only begotten son that who should ever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves us. And then it goes on to say later in that, those verses, God is love. So how can we not uh, be excited about death? You said, man, you crazy, boy. Well, if we, we have to know the scripture, Paul must have known something when he said, hey, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I think I, it's better for me to go so I can be with the Lord. But for your sake, I'll stay a little while. Come on. Was he afraid of dying, you think? No, they stoned him. Stoned him. Drag him out of the city as dead. The disciples get around him. They didn't say they said anything. They just got around him. He gets up. Where do you think he went? Right back in the same city to stone him. What was he afraid of? How about when he was on his way <laughs> um, and, and, and to Jerusalem? They said, hey, they're going to bind you, one of the prophets said. They're going to bind you. And then they're going to, oh, this is going to mistreat you. He says, so what's that to me? What's that to me? My life is, is, is his. That's the kind of love that cast out fear that we're talking about. You see? Oh, I said, well, I like that, boy. I like that. Can you, can you all really believe that? Yeah. Let's go a little bit further. We said we had the definition, we had statistics, we had the origin, and we went to how to move from darkness to light. Now, the next to the last one is God wants us to extinguish these fiery arrows that Satan was sent, it's called fear. Some are called fear, some are called other things. We're just talking about fear in this series. And we want to go to Ephesians to look at that one. Ephesians chapter 6, you'll, you'll know where, where, where we're going. For verse 12. Fear sabotages what God has for you. That's why you'll see all the time in Scripture Jesus saying two words. What does he say? Fear not. Fear not. Why does he keep repeating that? His vocabulary has to be greater than that. Because he knows that what he has for you, you will lose. If you get in fear. Come on. 
Is that, is that correct with, with uh, our mighty man, Peter? It's a ghost. No, no. Don't be afraid. It's me. Now, Thomas didn't say anything. Thomas was the one doubting everything. So here's a mighty man. He jumps up. Hey, if you, Lord, bid me to what? Come. Right? Bid me to come. I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am doing it. If I, I'm walking on water, you want to walk on water? Come on. Come. Come. And the only person I've ever seen walk on water except I've seen seen the scripture except Jesus Christ is who? Peter. Did he walk on water? Why did he walk on water? Because Jesus said come. Moses didn't walk on water. The children of Israel didn't walk on water because they could have walked right on over the Red Sea, couldn't they? But he had to divide it for them to go through dry ground. Huh? The prophet, Elijah, when he went over, divided. Elijah, when he comes back, had he had to do what? Divide it. Peter walked on water. Why did he begin to sink? Fear. Fear. You see, the Bible didn't say fear. He saw the, the waves. The wind brought boisterous. He's a fisherman. He got sense, right? Got common sense. He knows if the, if the waves and the wind are going out, he knows he's, he, he's, going, he's going somewhere. He ain't going to keep walking on his water. Natural senses. We'll talk about that in another lesson. But I'm telling you, and what did he do? Began to sink. Fear gets in. Sabotage his success. Wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been great. He walks out. Hugs the Lord, they they come back together. Wouldn't that have been that's victorious, right? That's what he had for him. But he lost it. I don't want to lose what God has for me. I don't want you to lose what God has for you. That means that we cannot fear. Okay? We have to find some way that we're gonna deal with this. You should be in Ephesians 6 now. Let's look at it. Ephesians 6, verse 14. I'll start at 12. It says here in verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the forces, spiritual forces of wickedness, in the heavenly places. It's talking about Satan and the demons. That's what our fight is against. If you're going to fight fear, you're not going to fight fear with your senses. Eye, nose, what you taste, what you feel, what you hear. You're not going to fight fear that way. That's how the enemy is going to come at us. With our senses. That's why they came at Peter. With the senses. Right? Look at here. You'll die. Right? Come on. It would have been better if he had walked with his eyes closed and the ears plugged up. Because he wouldn't hear anything. He wouldn't see anything. He would have been all right. 
Therefore, take up the full arm of God so that you will be able to resist in an evil day. Having done all to stand, stand. Stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having your lawns girt about with truth, girt about with truth, put on a breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod of preparation of gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the, come on, shield of faith with which you will be able to, what's that word? Extinguish, that means put out the flaming arrows of the evil one. He's going to shoot an arrow, and the arrow called fear, he says, you have to use the shield of faith. The question is, I was watching um, King Arthur, you know, I like those things. I was watching King Arthur, and, and what they were doing, they will shoot flaming arrows. They don't shoot flaming arrows at people. They just shoot flaming arrows at things. See, a flaming arrow, you don't need no flaming arrow for us, right? Because you just shoot us with an arrow, and we, we, we're done, okay? But with a flaming arrow, if you're in the house, he'll shoot a flaming arrow and hit the house. And the house will do what? Start burning, right? And you will die if you stay in that house. The enemy, what he wants to do is shoot a flaming arrow and start something. And then success start dwindling down the, down the drain. See, we're going to extinguish those, those arrows. He wants to sabotage it. That's what he wants to do. The last thing is that God does have success for us. And let's look at it in verse 10 and 11. It says, be strong. Finally, I mean, all I've said to you, to the church here, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might or the strength of his strength by putting on the whole armor of God so that you be able to stand firm in the day against the schemes of the enemy. God wants us to be strong. And on this series, we're going to try to develop some strength in order to withstand the fire arrow that the enemy tries to shoot that's called fear. Give this to a neighbor, to a co-worker. Just put it in the bathroom. I don't care where you put it. You know, because somebody go in the bathroom, they, they, they'll say, ooh, what's that? You know? Oh, ooh. You don't know what God will use. Just want to let you know that some of you you say, well, how can we apply this message? I mean, it's just a foundation. Oh, come on, I gave you enough meat. You can do that. Look, some of you fear going to enter in and, or try to enter in, and don't you put that You can get that big thing somebody. What are they going to do with it? They can't stick it in the pocket. It's too big for a shirt pocket. Where are they going to put it at? If you get it at somebody, you know what they're going to do? They're going to stop talking to you. They're going to think you're a fanatic, Jesus freak. Come on. Some of you are not going to get this card out because you have the opportunity to be afraid. Come on. I've been there. With the other cards we gave out all summer, right? A testimony, not a testimony, a 
uh, just to uncover, if you're going to uncover anybody, uncover yourself. The, the cars I have, I still have in my glove compartment. Really. From, from, from the summer. And my daughter asked me, said, well, do you realize how that, that some people are not going to give these cars out because they're afraid? You know, you're going to keep giving cars out every series? Yep. What did you do with yours? Oh, that was the wrong question. What, what did you do with yours? Oh, man, it was a secret between me and God. Come on. <laughs> and I had to tell the truth. Uh, then my car glove compartment, they on my dresser inside the house, in my bedroom. That's where they are. Oh, my goodness gracious, and you're going to tell us to do that? Yes, because, because I'm teaching, a, teaching the Bible on, on fear, right? Either it's real or it's not real. Either you don't have any fear. You can, you can do whatever God tells you to do, whether it's through me or through the, another elder, through whoever. It is what it is. So if you're afraid, then you didn't listen to the message because the message says, fear not. You don't have any reason to fear. I am the resurrection and the life is yours. You are one spirit with them. So how are you going to say you're afraid? What are you afraid of? Man? He said, no, not, not, not man, because I just finished reading in Ephesians that we don't war against flesh and blood. Man's flesh and blood. It's against the principalities. If you know that, then you know it's the principalities that's going to try to keep you from giving this card out. You said, well, well, well the, the, if it had salvation on it, because I'm interested in getting saved and not necessarily coming to my church. They can go to any church. These are, these are other strongholds that the enemy has. That, no, 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 that's an excuse you're going to have for not giving out the cause. No, because you invite them to church, they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear the message about Jesus Christ. They're going to hear the word of God. They're going to be in the presence of God. How many people that, that got healed just in the presence of Peter or Paul or whoever? Come on, Elijah, it doesn't matter. They got healed. Well, he got the whole church here together. It's called Cornerstone. Surely somebody got something, right, that somebody need. Come on. They walk in here, they might fall out. The power of God hit them. It's because of you. When the body gets together, God can move. You see, God is good, isn't he? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.